Welcome to Wrestling News Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC, and this is our WWE Money in the Bank post-show analysis podcast. We got a stacked panel with you today and a lot to get into. First, I want to thank everybody listening to us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. If you're listening to us online, you can catch us at WrestlingGoonsRadio.blogspot.com. And while you're there, check out all of our social media and find us on iTunes and Stitcher and give us a like and comment and subscribe and a rating. We would gladly appreciate it. My name is Anthony Hammett and I have with me today Mark Pitts, Brian Compton, and our special guest for the week, Michael Robinson. Everybody, welcome to the show and let's get right started with the biggest thing in the night. And that would be that Dean Ambrose is your new world heavyweight champion after cashing in Money in the Bank. So let's go ahead and get our final our thoughts on that before we do anything else. Brian, did you see this coming? Bro. Bro, let me tell you, bro. Anthony. Bro, this is a big thing. Okay, so I uh, I was very excited to see Seth Rollins win cleanly. Um, Want to add that that he did beat Roman Reigns clean. And as predictable as everybody is saying that this ending was, you have to appreciate the fact that they followed through on what we are all hoping they would do anyway. So I'm I'm happy with it. I had a problem with how the ending went. Like, I, I knew once that Dean came out that that's what they were doing. I just didn't like how Seth kind of fell right into it. Like, he had just won the match, and he wasn't that exhausted. So that part wasn't believable to me. But I kind of knew it was coming, and I'm okay with Dean winning. Uh, Mark, let me go ahead and get your opinion. Did you see Dean Ambrose pulling this out before the show? Um... I didn't know when they were going to pull the trigger on Dean winning it, but I'm glad that we were able to witness history and the fact that all three former members of the Shield held the WWE World Champion and the same night, pretty much during the same segment of the night. So that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, he hit him in the head with Money in the Bank after his like 15-minute match with Roman, so this, I'm this okay with how it happened. And I want to welcome Michael to the show for the first time. Michael, welcome. And did you see Dean Ambrose pulling this off before the show started? And how did you feel after it was over? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, no, I really honestly didn't think this would happen. Um, I was thinking more of a maybe an outside interference from somebody we hadn't seen in a while. I was kind of feeling maybe Randy Orton or something like that. Um but I'm pleased. I'm overall pleased with the outcome. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad they uh, they uh, did what they did. Um, but uh, the only, you know, the only downside to it is that Dean Ambrose is not going to uh, be able to carry around that briefcase, and I think that'd be kind of cool to watch him with that and see what he could do with that, not knowing when he was going to cash it in. So. The fact that he doesn't have it anymore, that's the only downside to it. But overall, I'm pretty pleased. Andy, I want to welcome you to the show, comedian Andy Emley. Andy, what was your thoughts on the Dean Ambrose cashing in Money in the Bank? Well, honestly, I thought I thought maybe they could uh, 
you know, I didn't know that they were really going to go ahead and pull the trigger last night. Uh, it would have been cool to see Dean uh, do some things with the briefcase, kind of like what Seth did with the briefcase when he had the opportunity to to uh, win money in the bank. You know, he did a lot of things with the briefcase and the storyline and that kind of thing and kind of made you wonder when he was going to cash it in. Uh, so them, uh, them maybe, you know, pulling the trigger this quick. Uh, let's hope that, you know, whatever storyline they're going with, uh, it's it's going to be able to carry for at least a while. We are one hour away from Monday Night Raw, so we'll definitely see where they're going with it. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go back to the pre-show, which I'm going to go ahead and readily admit that I did not watch, but I'll go ahead and pass it on to Brian Compton, who did. Brian Go ahead and fill everybody in on the two matches that went on and how boring they were. Okay, so first off, the pre-show was boring, but first match wasn't really the culprit. First match was Brizongo, and they were battling Golden Truth. So the match actually wasn't that bad. Y'all may disagree. The only reason why it wasn't bad is you can kind of blame the the sunburn tan for, for a lot of the... Uh, I guess they they weren't it wasn't a very good match, but it was still funny. So I guess that's probably why it wasn't that bad. Um, Prisago comes out and clearly covered in the uh, peeling skin from the sunburn that Golden Truth gave them, and a lot of the action was kind of impeded by that. So it wasn't so much a wrestling match as it was just a comedic relief. But isn't that what these two teams are anyway? Like, they're clearly the comedy act of the show. I mean, I, w- I would agree with that, wouldn't you? All right, Andy, uh, what do you think? Yeah, uh, overall, as far as it being an entertaining match, it uh, definitely was that. I mean, they set it up in such a way to where, you know, the wrestling aspect of it really didn't matter. I mean, it did matter, but not to not to a degree as you think it would because the match was just, uh, you know, as he said, it was uh, purely entertainment from, uh, you know, from the Golden Truth and uh, Brazongo there with their uh, uh, really, really bad uh, Jersey Shore tan, I guess you'd call that. I'm not sure what, what you'd actually call that. Uh, other than original recipe or crispy, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, it was an entertaining match, and you know, entertainment's what it's about. You know, when it when it boils down to it, and uh, overall, like I said, an entertaining match, and uh, glad it didn't uh, they didn't drag it out too long. So, Mark, anything you want to add about these two teams? No, I just completely wholeheartedly agree that they're just comedy acts, but don't let it surprise you when they actually do turn on the wrestling. All four of the people involved in the match can go. Do you think that this is eventually going to lead to one of them getting the tag titles one day? I mean, maybe a push, not necessarily tag titles. I mean, although I guess Breeze and Fondango would probably be the more likely team to eventually go for the titles, or maybe they're just giving Goldust and R-Truth a final send-off until they drop it to maybe Enzo and Cass or something. I don't know. That's fair enough. Michael, what are your thoughts on this uh, opening match between the tag teams and what they bring to the card? 
I was just kind of wondering if they were playing off the hangover thing since they were in uh, Las Vegas. You know, did they get left on a hotel roof somewhere? Or, I was kind of wondering about that. Uh, <laughs> but it was uh, it was pretty entertaining. I actually I actually chuckled. I actually laughed. Um, it was the only part of the pre-show that actually caught my attention because I was kind of on my phone looking up and looking down, like looking at the basketball score and then looking back up at the pre-show. But uh, it, it did catch my attention. It made me laugh. I did like the selfie stick and then see gold dust with the uh photo bomb during the uh why he had the selfie stick he's trying to photo bomb him so it's entertaining um and that's why it should be the opening show should not steal the show so uh, i was i was overall i was pleased with it i'm glad that match started it but the second match which is awful and i can't i I mean like i said i didn't see it live i didn't see a couple of little clips and they're not bad wrestlers the dudleys they're not bad the lucia dragons aren't bad but this match had no build-up. There was no reason to have it on the card. And because of that, it was just a really stale match. So I guess my question is, are you tired of the Lucha Dragons? And I'll start with Brian. Okay, yeah, I apologize for my mic. I apparently was having TNA issues a second ago. <laughs> uh, I'm not a big fan of them. I wasn't a big fan of them when they were in NXT. And I put a, I put a question out there on Twitter. If they were to lose last night against the Dudley boys if they should split up and go their separate ways. And it was mixed results. Some people said yes, some said no. Um, I did watch the match. I didn't pay attention to it. I was actually more entertained by the previous match. So my question to y'all would be is, they were to split up, would you want them to, or if they were to split the Lucha Dragons up, would you want that? How would you do Sin Cara? Would you take his mask off? I think that I've been very vocal on the fact that I want uh, Hunico to be Hunico again, and that's no spoiler alert that Hunico is the guy under the mask, and I think that that's just who he is, and he would cut better promos doing that. And the fact that Kalisto and him really aren't going anywhere, they're not relevant in the tag division, it, I just see no reason to keep them together. Mark, what do you think about that as far as them staying together or bringing up? I mean, you have this perfect opportunity in July 19th at the live SmackDown to break them up, which would be one of the few and only tag teams that I would like to get broken up. Maybe the Dudley boys can't broken up as well, but you need to leave the rest of them alone. But yeah, it would be an easy way to break them up. You'd only have to have one few heel or face. They can only break up the Dudleys if they fire Devon, because he just can't be by himself. Please, please fire Devon. Amen. Andy, what are your thoughts on the Lucha Dragons? Um, I mean, they're they're a good tag team, but like everybody else has said, they've kind of had their run. They've, you know, they've told their story as far as, you know, they needed to tell. So, all in all, I just felt like this match was, uh, you know, filler, just trying to fill some time. Uh, no real point. Seemed like it was over by the time they started the thing. Uh, I'm kind of glad they didn't drag it out. So, w- would it be a good thing if they split up the Lucha Dragons? Uh, yeah, probably, because Kalisto's had a good, uh, you know, a good singles run so far, and of course Sin Cara's had his, you know, single run in the past. So, so definitely let's. Uh, you know, let's break them up and maybe have them feud against each other. That would be, uh, that you know, that might be interesting to do that down the line. And last but not least, Michael, are you going to give us a clean sweep here on breaking the Lucha Dragons up? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, but is that no pun intended on the amen for Devon there? Is that is that a pun? Oh, my brother testified. <laughs> That's yeah. You made me laugh on that one. I, I think I think Mark hit it spot on. Uh, they're they'll break them up at the the SmackDown live show, and if they don't, they're out of their minds. You got to break them up. It's it's silly at this point. Um, they're they will be really talented uh, separated. So I hope they go that route. But you know, uh, we've been locked down before, so uh, we'll see what happens. Indeed, on that, we're gonna move on to the main card finally, and they started with the Fatal Four Tag Team Match. Guys, this had potential to be a fantastic match, and I'm gonna have to bring Mark in first because he's gonna try to defend it. I called it Botchamania. There were just so many awkward spots in this match. And Luke Gallows, the guy that I love so much, uh, wow, that finish where he's just staring at Big E for about seven seconds and runs into the big boot by Cass when there's no reason for him to run off the rope to begin with. I was dumbfounded. Mark tried to tell me why this match was not as horrible as I think it was. Well, because you were, like... For every one botch, you would count it as like 12. You said the Kofi's missing the SOLs. I think that's fair. Like, if it's a terrible, terrible botch, you get three botches. And that's that awful of a botch. Well, you also thought that the ref counted the three or hit the mat three times. And I showed you. He did. I I thought he did, too. Go back and and rewatch it. He actually stopped himself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he stopped himself on the first count halfway and then restarted it. And the crowd just kept going with that was already one and then two and then three. I mean, of course, it was probably like five seconds that he laid down there, but the ref's hand didn't hit all three times. What it was is that there's so much action going on that him hitting the mat sounded like him counting. So by the time he got to two, people are like, no, he counted. People in the audience even thought he did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you have eight people in a ring, it's going to get crowded and each person's going to go off in their separate ways. I mean, we saw it kind of in the Money in the Bank as well. Overall, did they deliver as much as I was expecting? No. Was it the worst match I'd ever seen? No. It was just kind of blah. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. It wasn't like awful as far as the spots. It was just execution was awful on a lot of it. And that Luke Gallows thing, like I said, that bothered me to no end. More, uh, Michael, I'll go to you. What did you think of this match, and were you impressed? Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, to be honest with you, I only caught the tail end of the match. Um, that was the worst uh, part. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm, like, I'm kind of kind of down on it, because that's what I caught. And I actually haven't seen the replay uh, and, and kind of you know rewinded of what I've missed, because... Uh, uh, there was a game seven on, so I mean, I love WWE, but it was it was a little tough. That was real, it was a really close game. So, um, it um, it, it did disappoint me. The ending disappointed me. Uh, I thought they could have done a lot better with that. And uh, I, I mean, I just I just kind of want to see some improvement on these tag matches. I get excited about these tag matches, and uh, every time I get excited and I get my uh, self esteem up on them, and they uh, always let me down. So. I, I kind of have to agree with you on that. Andy, what was your thoughts? Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, it did for maybe the first, uh, you know, the first five or ten minutes. Uh, and then that whole controversy where 
you know, is the ref counting to three? Is he counting to two? I just got really confused after that. I don't know if it's the fact that my mom dropped me on my head when I was little or what, but uh, I was just, I was having a hard time keeping up and who's legal and who's not legal. And, you know, it, uh, it seemed like a big, uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a big mess. It seemed like I couldn't keep track of stuff. And, and then by the end it was over, I was kind of like, I'm, I'm glad that's over because I totally got confused and, uh, you know, I was, I was not happy with who won, but, uh, you know, you can't always have what you want. I knew, I saw the New Day winning. I just didn't know how. Like I said, I couldn't stand. Brian, tell me that you noticed the Luke Gallows staring at Vinny for like seven seconds. Well, first off, to give a comparison, watching that match at the end was kind of like watching Spaghetti Junction and trying to figure out which cars are going in which direction. <laughs> Shout out to Georgia. As as far as that spot goes, as devastatingly bad as it sounds, I didn't see it. I did see the two missed uh, Troubles in Paradise. And what I seen that you probably haven't seen was the second half of the Good Brothers. Yes, what am I calling? Tagged in Aiden English. Or tagged yeah, himself I was waiting in. on you. Brian was about to blush the blood vessel in the grip. Like, nobody was acknowledging this box that happened. Go ahead, Brian. This pretty much ruined the entire match for me. And you can go into detail, Mark, all you want about how it was a good match. The match should not be over. I feel like Curtis Axel and the Royal Rumble, he was never eliminated because he was never in it. Aiden English never got pinned because he was never legal. Aiden English was tagged out by Carl Anderson. And Carl Anderson goes to do his own thing. So while he's botching stuff, you've got Luke botching stuff. And then next thing you know, Carl Anderson gets hit by the big ending, rolls out of the ring, and they pin Aiden English. Like, it, they didn't win. Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. So Brian, so Brian has been upset calling controversy on this finish. Since it happened, Mark, can you defend that at all before we move on? No, unless they're going to make it part of the storyline. I mean, that's the only thing, because I know exactly what Spot he's talking about. Well, right now you've got every single team that will have a complaint. Like, all of them but the Bullet Club is going to have a, well, we we should have won the match. New tournament. Have another tournament. Uh, I'm okay with that. You keep calling them Bullet Club, I'm going to start calling you Lita. I mean, yeah, Lita got in trouble for doing that on the pre-show, so... I don't care, they're Bullet Club to me, dadgummit. That's what I'm going to stick with. Alright, we're going to move on. It's still real to you, dadgummit. Alright, we're going to move on to Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler, and a lot of people in the group were down on this match. I was not. I was actually looking forward to it. I thought they did a good job in developing Dolph's character. And this was actually a very good, solid back-and-forth wrestling match. I'm going to start with Michael this time. Michael, were you impressed with Baron Corbin, first of all? Since I've never got your opinion on that, what did you think of the match in itself? Yeah, I mean, first of all, the guy is huge. I mean, he's he's, he's a great talent. And uh, I'm really glad that uh, Ziggler put him over here. And uh, we got to see the end of days. And, you know, this could have went either way. I mean... You could have got a zigzag out of nowhere, and Dolph Ziggler could have been freaking walking back up the aisle winning this match. So that was probably the best part of the match is I really didn't 
this one's a hard one to predict. Um, I think the match went a little long. Uh, I wish it was a little shorter than it was, but uh, other than that, I was I was overall pleased with the outcome and and the match in its entirety. Actually, I had no problem with the match as far as lengthwise, for the simple fact that this one felt like an old school match where Baron Corbin is beating down the guy and trying to build the heat, which it takes a while. You can't do it instantly, and people expect all these spot fests, and that's just not what Baron Corbin does. Brian, were you impressed with the match, and did you expect it to be as good as it was? Okay, bro. Anthony, you know my complaint about this match, right? Do you I, remember? Tell me, bro. Go ahead. Bro, there was somebody sit ringside behind the announce table, bro. Uh, Brian is so upset about this. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, so there's a few things that I'm a little upset with booking that they had just, no pun intended, it was money. And they didn't do it. Okay, so if anybody's aware of Slipknot, the lead singer Corey Taylor, he was at Money in the Bank last night. He was at ringside. He, was, he tweeted out a picture. He's right behind the announce table. Cool, no big deal. The problem is, last year in October, there was an Aftershock NXT tour, and Baron Corbin was involved in one of the matches. And after the match, he got slapped by Corey Taylor. So you mean to tell me that in Las Vegas you have Baron Corbin who's fighting right in front of the guy who slapped him nearly a year ago and you do nothing with it at all? Andy, what are your thoughts on what Brian just said in the match itself? Yeah, I mean, a guy like Corey Taylor, why wouldn't you why wouldn't you utilize that to get some kind of pop out of the crowd and even get more press for yourself, you know? WWE could have, you know, news, you know, MTV news or, you know, I don't know who would cover that story, but, you know, um, you know, kind of cross platform things, you know, just like they used to do. Uh, so I don't know why they didn't take advantage of that. Uh, like I said last night, I was wondering uh, whose hair was the wettest during the match. I was like, God, does do their does their hair really have to be that wet to wrestle efficiently? Roman Reigns has won it for a triple threat. Have yeah, you seen yeah. Dolph's hair without being wet and the poofiness of it? Yes, he needs to wet his hair a lot. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen the pictures when his yeah. But it's just like, you know, Seth Rollins does the same thing with his hair, and it's just like, okay, I understand you guys don't want to use conditioner or whatever. But, you know, like all in all, like he said, the match, it was a good technical match. It did drag on a little long. Uh, did they miss an opportunity there by not uh, involving Corey Taylor? Absolutely. That, that could have turned out, you know, great. They could have played it out to a pay-per-view. Corey Taylor could have got involved in a match. I mean, they did, you know, they did something similar with uh, Stephen Amell. So, yeah, I, I definitely think they missed an opportunity there. Lastly, Mark, what was your thoughts on the match, and do you think that it dragged on too long, or do you think that it was effective in what it had to do? First and foremost, I just want to say that Baron Corbin has picked up so much in the WWE in such a short time from being an offensive lineman for the Arizona Cardinals a few years back to wrestling NXT for, I think, maybe two years, maybe one. I'm not really sure. He's just picked up so much, and overall, the match was great. 
I really didn't think that it dragged on too long. I thought that it needed to have Baron Corbin punish Dolph Ziggler because we know Dolph can take a beating and sell. So he did what he was supposed to do, got a few comebacks here and there, and let Baron Corbin sell a little bit. End of days, and it's over. I mean, hopefully the feud continues. It was a great match. I think it needs to lead to a street fight, though. I think a lot of people are hoping that it was over, and they thought that maybe last night when Baron Corbin went it was going to signify the end. No pun intended. But I, uh, I'm a mark. I kind of think that I kind of want this thing to keep going. And Baron Corbin's got nothing better to do right now. We all know Dolph Ziggler doesn't, so why not? Uh, the thing that probably shocked all of us guys, and it was the beginning of my bathroom break, Natalia turned heel on Becky Lynch. Mark, did you see it coming? You sounded very, very devastated when you watched it. No, I did not see it coming, but kudos for Natty for taking the plunge and trying to do something different. I don't think I've seen her heal, and, oh, God, I don't, I don't believe I've ever seen her heal, like, beat down heel in quite a while. So hopefully she does something new with the gimmick and allows her and Becky to separate themselves from Charlotte so Sasha can come on up and take her rightful spot. And there's that. There's four arms she was throwing on Becky's face for the chick. There's where Brock Lesnar forearms that she was laying in. Michael, what you think of the Natalia turn and do you think that it was necessary? Well, I mean, if they if they utilize her her father's laugh and like, I don't I want to I don't want her to grow a beard per se, but uh, if if she can like uh, mimic her father's laugh, I think it'd be really cool because he was a great he was a great heel. Uh, I'm I'm pretty overall pleased with the match. Um, it was a good match. Uh, it's it's hard to watch the divas without Sasha, but uh, I'm I'm overall I'm pleased with the outcome. I mean, it's just a good pay-per-view, man. I, we needed a breath of fresh air. Overall, this pay-per-view is just, I'd give it an 8 out of 10 right now. Just right off the bat. Um, really pleased watching this show last night. And uh, I'm really happy WWE is turning the corner in my head. I wasn't uh, very excited for a tag match when the team was in general. So I was actually excited that something like this happened because it gave the match an important factor that I didn't feel the match had otherwise. I'm going to go to Brian next. Brian, did you, were you shocked by the Natalia turn? I'm going to assume that you didn't see it coming because I don't think anybody did. I didn't see it coming, but I don't really pay attention to her when she's in the ring because I don't like her. How do you I not just... like Natty? Tell me what you have against her. Uh, she can act. She is horrible at selling. I don't like her wrestling. I don't like the way she looks. I don't like her outfits that she picks. Um, I can't see Mark's face I, right now, but I can only imagine what it I looks mean, like. I, I bro. can keep going, but I, bro. Bro. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Let me tell you, bro. Like, the best part of this match was the ending. Because it was over. Bro. Pretty much. Wow. I, li- I, like so, that, I like that analogy, though. That's pretty good. You've got Natalie, who turns heel because she sucks at a face because... She sucks at acting. Well, now she doesn't have to, and she doesn't have to sell because if she's a hill, at least she's not going to get her her ass handed to her in the matches like she normally has been. So she doesn't have to sell as much. 
now it's weird that they turned to her hill going up against two hills, but it, my whatever. first thought was uh, whenever this happened, and it was Mark's first thought too when he saw it. Poor Becky, like, what is Becky doing? Like, every partner Becky had just beats the crap out of her. Andy, did you see it coming? And do you feel bad for Becky? I didn't see it coming. Uh, but I mean, you're only going to get your ass handed to you so many times until you get frustrated and take it out on, you know, whoever's in the vicinity of you. And, you know, guess what? You were the, uh, unlucky person to be in the line of fire. So you got your ass beat, you know, um, as far as, uh, the match itself, uh, come on, Charlotte wore way too much red last night. Uh, that was, that was completely ridiculous. I don't know if she was, uh, trying out for the red light district. I don't know what was going on there, but way, way too much red. Uh, just hurt my eyes. I was glad the match was over. Uh, turning her heel. Yeah, it may, it may, uh, it may work out better for her, uh, in the long run. Uh, cause obviously like you guys said, she really sucks at acting. So, uh, well, Mark, maybe, Mark, maybe I'm gonna that let, even Marie's coming out. I'm going to let Mark retaliate. Mark, tell him, like, tell us why you think Natalia is, Way better than apparently the rest of our panel thinks. Well, I mean, take acting out of it because, I mean, not everyone can act, number one, and not everyone can cut a promo. But inside the inside that squared circle or AJ calls his house or whatever, she's pretty damn good. I mean, at least top five in the WWE. She's not actually. As far as... Uh, as far as on the main roster, I mean, her versus Charlotte number one back all the way in NXT was easily one of the top matches. I want to remind everybody that she got over a farting gimmick and she got over loving a seven foot seven giant. Maybe, maybe that's why I just can't take her seriously. Well, that's Vince's fault. Vince put her the farting gimmick on her. That wasn't her. I mean, at least they didn't make her give birth to a hand. He's had worse gimmicks than that. Like, Kane in the casket was, I don't uh, Yeah, that, uh, wasn't, that wasn't even a gimmick. That was just a really bad idea. Well, like, really bad. Mark, oh. or, I mean, uh, Michael alluded to something earlier, and he mentioned somebody's name. This is part of the reason that made me mad, too. These are one of the booking issues that I had, because the pay-per-view honestly didn't start out very well with me, and you know this, Anthony. Why do you not have Sasha Banks at Money in the Bank? Everybody calm down. Tonight, she ain't going to be there. She ain't going to be on Monday night. But it's Sasha Banks. But, you could have no. had at Money in the so, Bank. So that makes her very next one whenever she probably will win a title. Or maybe they'll have a first ever Money in the Bank. Who knows? It. I mean, she can do this year after year after year. Why did this one necessarily have to be the one? I think we have enough women who to have a female money in the bank match. I'd agree. I mean, God, can I ask y'all something? Yeah, overall, though, why why is the Monday Night Raw after a good pay per view always better than the pay per view? I think that's because that they know that their ratings are so low on a live television show that they're going to have to swing with the fences, and on the WWE Network, right. they already have your subscription. I mean, you well, maybe already paid. It, well, maybe Raw shouldn't be eight hours long. I agree. I agree. So, Raw tip. So, are you not looking forward to the fact that SmackDown is going to get a third hour rather than Raw losing one? 
Michael? I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. What'd you say, Anthony? I'm sorry, I, I cut out for a second. I said, are you looking forward to I said, so you're under the thought that uh, SmackDown should lose, the, uh, or Raw should lose an hour rather than SmackDown get a third? Because I've heard that SmackDown is going to three hours, so you're going to have six hours of live television. No wrestling show needs to be three hours long. It just doesn't work. It You can do so much better with just two hours. And that's, you know, coming from a diehard wrestling fan, if having three hours is great, if it's great content all the way through, but if you cut it, if you cut the crap out and you weed it down to two hours, it always seems better. So I, I swear, okay. I always so so it's going to be what you think is crap. So instead, you're not going to get to have that opportunity because you're not in charge of running a Monday Night Raw. Vince McMahon is going to cut out the hour worth of crap that he thinks is crap, like your Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn matches and things like that oh, for, hell his no, he's not. Gimmicks, oh, for his hell falling no, he's gimmicks not. and for his no, laughter. You fired up now. So you kind of live Bro. and die by that two hours. I dare Bro. Vince McMahon to take Kevin Owens okay. off my show. Okay, so really what it boils down to is there's so many people talking about viewership and ratings. They're just going to have to get to the point to where that's not a factor in their business because you can't please everybody. But if you have it to where you can kind of, let's, let's say basically both shows are going to be three hours long and they're both going to be live. If I know what's coming up in the second hour and I don't want to see it, then I'm going to watch the first hour because I want to see it and I'll just skip the second hour. If the third hour is good, then I'll come back. I mean, you don't have to sit through all three hours of it, but it would help if you didn't have to. Andy, do you agree or disagree that we have too, there's too much of wrestling that there can be too much of a good thing? Well, th- think about it, guys. Do you really sit through a three-hour movie and are interested the whole entire time? I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies last that long. Can you really keep somebody's attention span for that long a period of time? You know, maybe you need to take the first hour and let's... Uh, you know, let's you know, let's highlight some some of the things from NXT. Let's throw that into the first hour, and then you got some more stuff in the second hour that's different. And then you know, you got a third hour where maybe you're having uh, matches that uh, have more crowd interaction, like when they used to do the polls, like what you know, what kind of match do you want to see tonight? And you could vote on the WWE app. I don't know, you know, were those. Were those actually rigged, or did they actually... Oh, no, they uh, were rigged. They were rigged. They need to bring back the war zone. uh, You know, and, you know, that just brings me back to our whole thing about the WWE is just reaching for things, and they have to try to get that... The viewership is just, like Brian said, we don't know if the live audience or the live viewership of Raw is a good way to judge things anymore, because we're not in that area. And as Brian alluded to, me and him had a conversation as far as structure and a show goes. New Japan has it right. They give you all of their filler crap on the first half of the show, and then they give you a 30-minute intermission, and then they hit you with everything that matters on the second half of the show. That's how it, I mean, I'm okay if they would do things that way. Because for the people that want to watch the filler, you have it there. It's there to watch. But you're also not subject to watching all the filler in between what you actually want to see. I have an idea, though. I have an idea. Yep. Why don't they do the filler? Why don't they do the first hour live on the network on Mondays and then go live on, on TV 
at nine. Like, because US, USA wants them to do three hours. Oh, God. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like USA is paying for that third hour. Because trust me, Triple H is on record of saying as well, if it were up to him, they would only have a two-hour show. They know that two hours is the best way to book it, but when USA is paying Vince that money, yeah, you got to give them that third hour. So I'm, I'm not alone with my idea, though. Oh, no, absolutely not. No, he, he agrees as well. So Okay, so I this brings me to another question, then. Not to get off subject, but or off track. Since we're talking about the network, the USA Network being kind of the reason why they won't just go to two hours, would anybody on the panel right now be okay with paying $40 for a Hulu account? I know we've talked about this before. We have new people. You say $40? Okay, so there was a rumor a while back that they might try and get a contract with Hulu that would allow them to stream Raw and SmackDown Live on their network. Instead of the next day, it would be exclusively on the Hulu network the day of. I would like not pay bucks. $40 to do that now. I'm on record of saying no. Bart, what do you think? Hell no. Yeah, okay, well there's two hell no's. And Michael? No, uh, too much live. I, I have, I cannot go to straight streaming. I watch too much live sports. Can't do it. Never will. I want, I see, and that's the thing, is I stream everything anyway online, my God. I'm a Cub fan, and the Cubs are out of market, so I'm so used to streaming things that, that's, I mean, I can watch Raw that way, too, so it's not, not a big deal for me. Well, I wouldn't pay 40 bucks. There's a problem with that, though. You got, you got the weekend blackouts. There's, there's a lot of blackouts for that. You kind of get screwed sometimes. Yeah, and that's true. It's just you to try to find another way to watch the game, and sometimes that can get hard. That's why I've always, you know... It's tough for me to keep my, my TV service because of all the options we have. I had Hulu for a while, and it, and it's great. But you also, people kind of forget that you have, a lot of people have a gigabyte limit. And if you watch the crap out of your TV on a, on a streaming device like that, and you hit that 400, 500, I mean, I mean, y'all might know more than me about this, but there's a gigabyte limit for a lot of internet services, too. So there's that. Yeah, definitely. We're going to move on to Apollo Crews and Sheamus, which was going to be near the end of the show here. And Apollo pretty much gets the win here with the roll-up after getting hit with a nasty move from Sheamus out the top rope into white noise. A lot of people in the group had a problem with this finish. Mark, did you have a problem with it, or did you think that Apollo did what he needed to do in this match? Well, yeah, I mean, I thought that the match was good. The ending was perfect for what it was. It's going to continue a feud. Sheamus doesn't take a big finisher and have him completely decimated for the one, two, three. The rookie, quote unquote, gets the easy victory with a roll up, continues the feud. Sheamus can get more brutal. Apollo can show his physical side. Win win. Andy, do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good match. Um, was I surprised that Apollo Crews won? Uh, yeah, it was. It, was, uh, it, it kind of shocked me when he rolled him up and pinned him, you know. Um, I just wish Sheamus would do something with his beard. Uh, it's pretty horrible at this point. Um, but overall, overall, good match. And it, 
it's going to be interesting to see what they do from the, with the feud uh, from now on. He at least got braiding it with the metal braids, so that's a big yeah, 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 I'm not sure what the hell he was trying to do with that. I'm not sure how many metal detectors he tried to go through where they were like, no, no, don't even. But, <laughs> yeah, I wish he'd shave it or do something with it. I, I think I made a reference to my fiancé at the time. I was like, what, is, uh, is Moses going to pop out of somewhere? Because... Uh, Seamus looks like he's got the burning bush on his face, you know. Jeez. <laughs> Brian, what are but, your thoughts on Apollo? Well, first off, and I'm sure I speak for Seamus when I say this, but if y'all are going to bring up the beard, y'all need to put some respect on it. Respect the hawk. Can you re- okay, come on. Respect the hawk, respect the beard. Just because a guy doesn't have any skin pigmentation doesn't mean you can make fun of him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're so speaking, we're speaking for all gingers around here, apparently. <laughs> well, I thought that's what they were bringing me in for, was to make fun of people. So that's it, exactly. That's what, all right. Everybody, everybody but Seamus. <laughs> oh, okay. The only part of why does Seamus on Apollo Cruz is his teeth. All right, we got to stop making the Seamus. Oh, we got to move on. All right, so I, I didn't, I didn't mind the match. It was a decent match. Um, Definitely some impressive spots from Apollo. Um, he gets to showcase his strength by, you know, the way he just picks up Sheamus like it's nothing. But then immediately after, you know, he did the belly to belly outside the ring. And then immediately after, the very effects, the very next move was a uh, was a flip to the outside. So not only shows his strength, but his agility and his athleticism. So overall, I thought it was a great match. Um, it'd be interesting to see where the feuds are going to go. I just wish that Apollo would, not to sound like everybody else, but would stop smiling so much. Just because it, it kind of hurts. It takes away from the storytelling of the match if he's smiling throughout the entire thing. And Michael, I want to wrap up with you. Are you, are you impressed with the match itself and the finish? Yeah, I'll be really quick because I know we're kind of behind, and especially since the next match uh, stole the show, in my opinion. Um, I just echo what Brian said. It was it was a good match. I'm 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 pretty pleased with the outcome actually. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious to see where this feud goes. Um, Sheamus is kind of like his his character is kind of like at a breaking point right now, kind of on the cliff. Um, they can do something with it still, or it could die really fast. So it's kind of interesting to see what could happen. I think that they both need each other. Apollo needs Sheamus, and Sheamus needs Apollo. So I'm okay with that. I'm actually going to step around a little bit because we've already talked about the main event, and I don't have to get into that. And seeing how we know who won Money in the Bank, uh, we're just going to briefly touch on the match itself there. But right now, we're talking about the United States Championship, and we'll all be really quick on this as well. Rusev and Titus, it did exactly what I thought it would do. Titus passed down exactly like I thought it was. It was pointless, but it gave Rusev a win, so at the end of the day, I can't be upset about it too much. Andy, did you see it coming and did it go the way you thought it would? Yeah, it was a classic back and forth match. And then he made the references about Titus's kids. And then somehow, superhumanly, he came back and made a comeback. But then ultimately, you know, he lost the match. So, I mean, it was a, you know, it was a classic back and forth. And then, and then Rusev making the comments to his kids afterwards. I mean, come on, that was uh, 
you know, did they go a little far with that? Maybe. Did I find it hilarious? Yes, because I'm pretty crude like that. So. I thought it was hilarious, but I thought it was even more funny that the kid shot Rusev, and Rusev didn't even acknowledge it. Like, it was just, he didn't even feel the kid hitting him in the chest. That was hilarious to me. But yeah, that was definitely a good job in getting Rusev heat and getting him over. Mark, what was your thoughts on the U.S. title match? I liked the match. I thought it was a good back and forth. Um, I had said before that if they're going to have a match, it better be a brutal match. And they delivered from the first spot with the double clothesline on the outside all the way to the end. I'm just saying, if John Cena was in Titus O'Neil's spot, he would not have tapped out in front of his kids. He would have just passed out. So maybe Titus didn't deserve Father of the Year after all. Wow. Wow. Michael, was he too harsh wow. right there? That was pretty bad. That's pretty bad. I don't even know where to go with this now. I mean, just kind of just kind of floored me there. That was a good comment. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Rusev. I mean, this guy is very talented. Like Rusev is talented. Titus O'Neil is talented. I was excited about this match going into the night, and uh, I was very pleased. And uh, it's honestly, you know what? It, it it's it's weird to say, but it's kind of my favorite match of the night. Honestly, it was just a really good match. I'm actually shocked by that. Brian, what it is. It was just a good match. Wow. You're right. You're right. That is really weird to say. But, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was a good match. I liked it. I liked the running clothesline from them both at the very beginning. Thought that was pretty epic. That was pretty cool. Uh, Titus O'Neil could be a player in a title picture. I don't think now's his time to do that. And I, I don't feel like putting him up against Rusev may not have been the best choice for his first opponent back from the suspension, but it showcased that he can he could put on a decent match with someone of that caliber and I, hold his own. I guess think it's based on the Miz, whatever the Miz is back from building his movie. Like inter, intercontinental title maybe. I could I could see that. Yeah definitely. it's it's a believable to me that Titus could beat the Miz. Uh obviously. So and Andy, what was your any final thoughts before we move on with Rusev and Titus? No, like I said, overall, I just thought it was a good match. All right, so we're going to move on to Money in the Bank now, which we all know Dean Ambrose won it, but these spots in this match were hellacious. And obviously, I'm a Kevin Owens fan. I wanted Kevin to win, but I, I predicted Dean was going to win on the podcast before, so I kind of saw it coming. I'll go ahead and start with Mark. Mark, what were your thoughts on the match and some of your favorite spots? The match itself totally delivered a lot better than the Intercontinental title ladder match at WrestleMania even. Um, the spots that most interest me, the bullfrog splash onto Sammy from Kevin on the top rope. That was pretty awesome. But then Sammy followed it up with a Sunoku driver on the ladder. I, I, I actually truly felt sorry for Kevin. Uh, Chris Jericho getting kicked in the head and then slung into the Cesaro swing onto the ladder. Cesaro jumping off the top of the ladder onto the second rope, not holding on to anything, and springboarding into the flying uppercut on Kevin. Those had to be my favorite spots, and I, I mean, I even started chanting "Holy shit!" and "Oh my god!" during the match itself. So, if they could have me entertained through a television that much, it was a great match. Brian, didn't the match deliver for what you would hope it would be? Bro, 
Tony, bro, did that not remind you of the ROH ladder match? It did, bro. It did. Ladder Wars bro. was in person, bro. That was on WWE television. That, that was a great match. Uh, I was a little worried at first when they started setting up the uh, the ladders, but kudos to Sami Zayn for helping uh, ADR set up the ladder if nobody caught that. Sami Zayn was trying to get up to his feet and sell the, the effects of that last move, and he noticed ADR was having an issue getting the ladder to go in, and he held the ladder in place while he did it. So overall, the match was amazing. Definitely stole the show. Had there not been any botches in the tag team match and that ending being horrific like it was, they would have been a tie for stealing the match or stealing the show. I, but, I can't I can't disagree with that. Uh Andy, what were your thoughts on Money in the Bank? Did it deliver for what you thought it would do? Yeah, I mean Cesaro off the off the ladder onto the ropes like that. I mean, I was just like, Wow. I uh I hate ladders myself, uh, so I get really nervous anytime I watch a match like this. Uh, but uh, I was surprised that Alberto Del Rio could climb a ladder that fast. I knew they could scale walls, but I mean, oh my you know, god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall, good match. It delivered, you know, just like you thought it would, with some hellacious spots where you're like, man, I wish they got that guy out of the ring in a wheelchair because that looked like that hurt really bad. So yeah, overall, good match. I'll be shocked if all of them are walking tonight on Monday Night Raw. Michael, what were your thoughts on Money in the Bank and didn't deliver to your expectations? Well, first of all, I was just kidding a while ago. I wanted to see what y'all would say if I said that that last match told the show. The only thing good about Titus Neal is his bark, and that's not funny anymore. So. Wait, okay. <laughs> I was completely kidding. Uh, this match was really great. Uh, I cannot say, and just personally, old school, um, I'm getting old. I'm an old man. Uh, I, I cannot say I'm pleased with the outcome because I wanted the uh, the gift of Chris Jericho and wanted to, everybody to just drink it in, man. Just drink it drink in, man. Chris Jericho, man. Moon Goose McQueen. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. But yeah, overall, I think the match was solid and delivered. Right. We're going to move to the main event, which, uh, well, it isn't the main event, but it should have been the main event. And seeing how we've already talked about the main event, this is where we're at. AJ Styles and John Cena. Uh, this really felt like Rocket Hogan to me at WrestleMania before the match. The crowd, I, I had goosebumps just listening to the crowd and how split they were. Uh, this was a passionate crowd behind both of them in the match. Uh, AJ Styles, and you know, this is saying a lot for his long career. I think AJ Styles had the best match of his life. Andy. Were you impressed by the John Cena and AJ Styles round one? Yeah, I really was. Uh, I don't know why the hell I got so excited about John Cena's T-shirt just because it had an extra stripe on it, but uh, somehow there's a John Cena shirt on the on its way to my house. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm gonna get my ass kicked when I when I wear it out in public or or what, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But as far as the match is concerned. Man, these—I mean, these guys—you know—they delivered just like, uh, just like you're always uh, used to John Cena delivering in a match. Uh, was I disappointed with the finish of it? Yeah, I mean, I kind of figured—I kind of figured the club would get involved and John Cena would get screwed over. Um, but you know, it's going to be interesting what they do with the feud from here, and uh, 
I'll be sure to post pictures of me in that god-awful John Cena shirt when I get it. Yeah, definitely, and if you get your ass beat, when you need to take that, too, so do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Michael, what were your thoughts on uh, John Cena and AJ Styles? Did it deliver? I know a lot of people were upset that AJ Styles had helped to win when he signed the 101 contract, and to those people, I say, you don't understand wrestling psychology 101. You're, you're completely correct with that. Um, not only was I pleased uh, with this match, it was kind of it just really heartwarming match. Living here in Georgia and seeing him um, progress his career and how long it took him to get to the big stage. Because WWE ultimately is the big stage. And he, he shined, and it probably was the best match of his career. I was fortunate enough to meet him two years ago. And he's a great guy. And... I'm I'm really I'm really happy for him and um, John Cena was the perfect opponent for this because as much as people hate or like John Cena, he put AJ Styles over in this match and it's going to really cement his career and it was a good match. Brian, do you think that this is John Cena putting him over, or do you think that this is John Cena ultimately winning the war? Well, first off, was that Titus O'Neil in the background? Something's up. Wow. Titus is barking. <laughs> He's coming to see you. Um, I like how you said it. It reminded you of Hogan versus Rock because a lot of people think that it ended up turning into Hogan versus Nash at the end. Uh, and I am talking about the finger. I am talking about the finger poach of doom. In case That's you, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, no. Um, I'm pleased with it, and there's a fine line between a wrestling fan and whoever else is watching it because a wrestling fan is going to understand what wrestling is and how it works. You know, anybody who thought that AJ Styles was going to get a clean victory last night has not been watching it very long because that's 101. I mean, that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but that's Wrestling 101. Nope, that's exactly what I said, too. I don't think you're wrong at all. Mark, what do you think about the match? Did it deliver to your expectations? Well, I think you're completely wrong because it was a clean finish. The ref counted one, two, three. As Eddie would always say, if the ref didn't see it, it didn't happen. It was a clean victory. I don't understand people's problem with it. Wow. Well, here's the match the thing. itself was amazing. What's, I mean, what's your thing? The, the match was great. I mean, it was a hell of a match. And, you know, I'll be the first one to say that the ending doesn't take away from that. But that's the way people are acting, at least on social media, because you turn into a keyboard warrior. No pun intended to the NBA. So let's but, go ahead real quick. The, the ref didn't see it. Then that's fine, but who's going to who's gonna win the first match anyway? It's always going to be the hill. It's always going to be interference. Cena will win the next one. That's what worries and, me. Cena might win the next two or the next he three. He will. Cena will win the next one, and he will most likely win cleanly on the on the third one. So we got a lot to no. get. We've already covered the main event, and we're out of time here at the one-hour mark. We're getting ready for Monday Night Raw coming up, so we'll see how all the fallout goes from it. So I want to go ahead and go to Mark first. I want you to grade the show and give me your best and worst segment of the night. Okay. So 
my grade for the show is going to be an A. As far as the B pay-per-view show goes, it delivered. There was a few botches here and there and a few things that were just kind of neither here nor there. But overall, it was a great pay-per-view night. Best segment of the night... I would have to say the main event with Seth versus Roman. I think it both competitors were absolutely on point. Uh, kudos to Roman for laying out during that spear into the pedigree because he completely just allowed Seth full control of that and took the spot. Dean ended up winning money in the bank and then cashing in. It was overall a great night. My worst segment of the night uh, I'm going to have to go with the Fatal 4-Way tag team match, and I really didn't want to because I was looking forward to that probably the most because I thought it was four great teams, but it is what it is. I uh, actually am going to have to disagree on that with the simple fact that I think that the worst match of the night was going to be that Divas tag match. I thought it was awful until the finish. I'm going to give it a B plus for the simple fact that I thought that that and the bosses, you're not getting an A. Even though the rest of the car was solid, I can't give you an A when all that happens. Uh, Michael, what was your grade for the show in your best and worst segment? I'm going to go A- here. Uh, I want to go B plus, but um, I have to go A- just because of AJ Styles and, and how much that meant to me and how much I enjoyed that match. Uh, that's definitely the, the highlight of the show for me. And uh, I'm going to say not seeing Sasha in the, uh, in the women's match is going to be what kept me from not loving, completely loving this pay-per-view. And Andy, I need to know what your best and worst thing when the night was and grade the show for us. I'll grade the show with a B plus. Uh, my favorite match of the night was the Romans-Rollins match. Uh, I saw a lot of moves during that match that either I hadn't seen in a while or were seeing for the first time. Uh, so that's always exciting when you're seeing things you've never seen before. Um, and Anthony, I'm going to have to agree with you. The worst part of the night for me was that Divas match. It was just excruciating. And before I go on to Brian, I got a little small rant that I want to give to the IWC. Now, I know we are the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. But all you people that chant, you can't wrestle at John Cena and Roman Reigns. And trust me, there's a lot of you. And I saw in a lot of the social media stuff. Uh, John Cena was being, quote, carried by AJ Styles, or Seth is carrying Roman. You guys don't get it. Like, they, you may not like their characters, but they can freaking wrestle. So, chanting you can't wrestle if somebody in the main event makes you look stupid. And that's my two cents worth. Wow, I feel better saying that. Brian, go ahead and grade the show for us and give us your best of worst thing of the night. And I hear you got a shout out to one of our future partners coming up. Yeah, I'm going to pose a question to her afterwards, but I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Matt Men's podcast. Uh, Rich and Andrew over there host the uh, podcast, and they had went on Twitter and made a comment that Dean may be an in-between champion, kind of like your fears with Kevin Owens, Anthony. But uh, if, if y'all haven't checked them out, go check out their pages. Really good podcast. Uh, very uh, vocal on Twitter and responsive, so... Some cool guys over there, but my question is: Do y'all do y'all think that 
Dean Ambrose is going to be an in-between champion, and they just took it off of Roman Reigns, so to speak, just to give it to somebody else. And by in-between, I think he means transition. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like this is just a way to set up uh, wherever they're going in between it, and I also feel like this is a way to make everybody equal before they do the triple threat match. I'll go to Mark next. No, I actually don't think that he's going to be an in-between champion. It's They run two live house shows a night, every night just about, besides like Sunday or something like that. And apparently Dean has been in the lesser markets that go into the smaller towns close to the large venue that they're going at that week. And Roman's been getting the A show and the A superstars and going into the bigger ones, and Dean still draws just as large a crowd as Roman. So I think I think they're noticing something that and the Royal Rumble with him versus Triple H, they noticed the crowd reaction. I think they did a good move here. And Michael, I'll go to you. Yeah, I think he'll I, I think he's actually gonna hold on to this title for for a minute here. I think he's gonna hold on to it. Uh, maybe maybe through the fall, through the winter, um Royal Rumble could become a problem, but not definitely not in between. He's going to hold on to it for a minute. Uh, he's very talented, and uh, the crowd loves the guy. And they're just going to—they're just going to run with this. Brian, answer your own question, please, sir. I don't see him being a in-between champion. Uh, I don't see him myself as a main eventer, and that's not to take away from him. I don't find him that entertaining. I'm not taking away from him, so I don't want any backlash. Nobody get at me at once. I just, he's not my cup of tea. Yeah, neither is Roman. So I don't see him being an in-between guy. He does draw the crowd. He gets a huge pop when he comes out. So I think that they knew that, you know, what they failed to realize with Daniel Bryan, they realized with him, with Dean Ambrose, and they're trying to take advantage of it. Hopefully you're right on that, Andy, and I'll go ahead and wrap up with you. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, look what Dean did with the Intercontinental title. I mean, he didn't hold the belt for very long, but I thought, you know, I thought he did a good job defending it. So maybe, you know, maybe they'll have him, uh, you know, have a longer title run with the, uh, you know, with the world title. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll they'll do some cool things because, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Ambrose Asylum, how he does that and how he always makes fun of Chris Jericho. Hopefully their feud uh, is over with now that uh, Dean's the champion. So, yeah, I'm hoping for a, a long time, a longer title reign for Dean versus what he had with the Intercontinental title. And uh, ho- hopefully they'll be able to do something with it. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Money in the Bank is now history. And so is the Wrestling Goons Radio recap show. I want to thank Brian Cotton and Mark Pitts. Comedian Amy Emily and my good buddy Michael Robinson on his first appearance on the show. Thank you guys for making this a full panel. I want to thank everybody listening to us on WrestlingGoonsRadio.blogspot.com and you can catch us on Max Sports Channel and Power Station FM. Check out all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, at Goons Radio. We haven't gave that Twitter out a while. Go to at Goons Radio. We're doing a lot of polls and interactive stuff over there. Brian is on top of that. Thanks for Brian always doing our social media stuff. And as always, we are Wrestling Goons Radio, the podcast from the IWC for the IWC. And until the raw reaction coming up in, oh, I don't know, 10 minutes now.